Welcome to The Real Estate Diplomats, and I'm your host, Darren Maslansky. Today, we're going to be speaking with Agnes Yang, who is the representative of GCC Development, a Cambodian real estate developer. She's based in Japan. She sells Cambodian real estate primarily to the Japanese market. And later on in the episode, we're joined by her boyfriend, Michael Danzella, who teaches at a university in Tokyo. He is from the Midwest and is living in, in Japan, and they met during the pandemic. So it's an interesting story, and we bring him in to learn a little bit more about his story. But primarily, we're speaking with Agnes. We're learning about Cambodian real estate and what's been going on in that country. It's incredibly interesting. As an American, I have a different perspective than what's actually going on in Cambodia and just knowing the history, but it's amazing the transformation that's going on in that country right now. And, you know, beautiful, basically new cities being built, and there's just tons of opportunity. So I'm really fortunate and grateful to be able to share with all of you this information and share Agnes's story because if you don't listen to people's stories, you don't know and things can cloud your perception. So, fascinating conversation, and I hope you really enjoy. I also just want to remind everybody, if you don't know, we have a Facebook group under the Real Estate Diplomat, and I've got terrific people from all around the world who are in this group. It's growing by the day, and it's just a great way to engage, learn the stories of people, share things, information. You're looking to buy real estate and you want to know what it's like in certain places. Great way to connect. But I just want to connect this global community, people who are global citizens, who really just want to know the world or have aspirations to it. It's terrific. So please join, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Before we start the show, let's talk about something you may be thinking about. Do you think about living and working remotely or about retiring to a distant paradise? Have you thought about buying real estate around the world? If so, Did you know that I am a certified international property specialist and resort and second home specialist? I have access to an exceptional network of real estate professionals around the world that I can refer you to who will help you safely buy and sell global real estate. And if you live in the Chicagoland area, I can help you with your real estate needs directly as a realtor with Dreamtown Realty. Head over to therealestatediplomat.com to schedule a free consultation so I can learn more about what you are looking for and direct you to your dreams. Now, let's start the show. Agnes, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank or you tonight, so much I should for, say. Yeah, thank you so much for asking me to join the show. It's pretty cool. It is. And I'm here in the Chicagoland area. You are in Tokyo right now. Yes. And you know, I, I have to say one of the upsides of the pandemic has been to be able to meet people around the world. And we met recently at a National Association of Realtors global networking event. We we're in the same breakout room talking about Asian real estate. And, and we happened to talk and got to meet just like I'd be at a coffee shop meeting somebody at a local event where I am here. So have you been doing that before? Was this something new that you had done? Or is this something that you've been doing for years where you're networking with people globally? Oh, it's actually pretty new for me. When the pandemic happened, that we couldn't meet people in real from everywhere. So now it's like, uh, it was really fresh for me to join that uh, meeting that time and listen to other people from different countries to say what's happening on the real estate market. That was really fresh and make me really want to go outside to meet people more. 
Same here, (laughs) for sure, which is why I started the show. But just to give people a little bit of a background, I know you work for Golden Cambodia Century, GCC in Japan. Yes. Um, How did you get into this field of of real estate and selling real estate, uh, Cambodian real estate in Japan? Tell us about that. Oh, yes. Uh, So I actually originally from China, I moved to Japan like three years ago. That time I was uh, doing the Japanese real estate stuff. Then I got a chance to do SIM, which sadly is like uh, from uh, Southeast Asians properties. And I just uh, traveled all of those countries and to see the market. Then probably Cambodia is the only country which I see have uh, more potential like 20 years ago in China, maybe like 60 years ago in Japan. So I got really want to know more about that market. I got contacted with so many people there, the developers. Then uh, one of the best stories I've ever heard is from uh, my current company, GCC. So then they said, do you want to join us with the team and you can expand uh, Cambodia property in Japan? And I said, oh, that's a good chance. I really want to promote more about Cambodia and Japan for those people. Yes, that's the background for it. But you actually, you've, I mean, you're from China, but you've lived in many different places. You even lived in the United States at some point. Yes. Tell us about that. Oh, yes. Uh, when I was young, I lived in London for one year. I was five years old with my mom. Then I moved back to China. Then I went, uh, moved to Japan for study. Then I moved to US for study as well. Then after it, I worked for a Japanese company. And they sent me back London and to America again. Then after I went back China to work. Yes. So you've really been around, and I think that probably gives you a breadth of experience and knowledge that most people don't necessarily have, where you've lived in many different countries and experienced different cultures. So how does that? Uh, how do you take that to helping sell Cambodian real estate in Japan? Yes, because uh, for Cambodia properties in Japan, it's like over, it's in a category called overseas properties. So it means those clients who are willing to purchase Cambodia property, they are actually thinking other countries' property as well. So in that mm-hmm. point, it's really important to know what other countries are and what other countries' real estate market is. So it's really good for me to get know all the background about US, UK, and other countries, and I can prepare all of it and tell my clients, what is the good point if you invest in Cambodia property now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's so interesting to talk about Cambodian real estate too. You know, for me as an American, (laughs) I imagine for many people listening, you think about Cambodia, what comes to my mind is, you know, just what happened in the 1970s, 1980s with the Vietnam War. And, you know, I even... I have this uh, local podcast that I've done, and I interviewed this woman, uh, Kamari Cohen, who is actually a village board member for where I live in Skokie. And she is the president of the National Cambodian Heritage Museum and Killing Fields Memorial in Chicago, which it talks about the war. But there's so much more to that. And I think for an American listener here, or you know, people who don't understand what's been going on in Cambodia, tell us about that. What's it like now? Oh, yeah. I actually got your feeling so much because before I went to Cambodia, I know nothing about that country. I even don't ha- understand is that Laos, is that Thailand, what's the differences? <laughs> but when I 
a raptor, I was like, in my image, I thought it's just a, a poor country and there is no nice place or whatever. But when I arrived there in Phnom Penh, I was so shocked. It's nothing like different with like Bangkok, with Tokyo. Oh my God, it's just a city now. It's like they have uh, so many good restaurants, uh, good hotels, and uh, all the things are just a normal city. And I have to say that I just uh, traveled around in Asia for so many countries, but Cambodia people is the friendliest of all the people just uh, have their core and really pure. Like they will work for the efforts. Yeah, that's my uh, first impression of Cambodia. So I really suggest everyone, if they have some, uh, I, uh, they don't know what it looks like, it's better to go there to see. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would love to go to Cambodia and, and all these different countries of uh, where I'm talking to people uh, around the world, but I really would love to see what it's like there. One of the things that's hampered a lot of travel for many, uh, for everybody, has been the pandemic. What's it like there in, in Cambodia? In regards to the pandemic, have they got it under control? Are, are, are there vaccinations happening? Yeah, they actually control is really good. And vaccine, I think they started to get a third vaccine already. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Are they allowing travelers from outside Cambodia to come visit? Oh, that's a good question. Actually, the rules is going to be changed since November. Now, it seems like they're going to be open, be reopened again for people who got invited and people who got uh, vaccinated. So you don't have to be in quarantine, quarantine anymore. When do you plan to go back? Oh, if it's going to be open on November, I think I will go for sure. But I still need to check how Japan's side going on because in Japan is kind of strict still. So if we come back from other countries, we probably gonna be quarantined like for two weeks or something. Yeah, it could be pretty tough. Hopefully it eases up a little bit. Now, we're sitting here, we're talking about this, and I want to talk a little bit more about the developments that GCC is doing and, and introduce that. But you know, the experience of living abroad, I think, is something of interest and, and what it's like. And here you're in Japan, you're selling Cambodian real estate. You haven't <laughs> been able to go there when you're selling Cambodian real estate. And you have an American boyfriend who's uh, here too. Michael, I want to introduce you. Michael Danzella, you, so you teach in universities in Japan. You've been living, how long have you been there? Three years uh, this August, I've uh, been in Japan. So what is it like from your experience here as an American living in Japan during the pandemic, having a Chinese girlfriend <laughs> living in, in Japan who sells Cambodian real estate? Yeah, uh, yeah you know, it sounds more complicated than it, it really is. I've been here every day has been a new adventure for me, learning about new things in the culture. I've been here before. I thought the pandemic, it's been pretty chill here overall. And have you been able to travel back or do you plan to travel back to the United States? Yes, uh, I'm just waiting for the quarantine to, uh, I don't want to quarantine when I come back here. Now, you know, just, and we'll get back to more about the developments, but do you plan to go to Cambodia after the quarantines are over and go with Agnes and see these places? And have you ever considered buying real estate in Cambodia or, or in Japan? Or do you own right now? Uh, uh, so I'm planning on going back to Cambodia with Agnes. I would definitely consider investing in Cambodian real estate as opposed to Japan real estate, just because Japan real estate, there's a lot of regulations involved in that. 
but with Cambodia, at least from my perspective, they're building up right now. And if someone said, okay, for a low investment price, could you go and, I don't know, for example, buy a commercial building or a part of a commercial building in the equivalent of New York City was really the cool thing for me. I mean, there's a lot of upside, it sounds like. Agnes, what are some of the types of developments that you're building? I mean, what's the scale of it? Oh, yes. Uh, Actually, for GCC Group, we are a developer since 2015 in Cambodia. So at the moment, we have four projects going on. The first one is a a hotel residence with Windham Hotel. And the second one is called Bore. It's like they have like over 100 houses together with a gate. And inside of the community, you're going to have a school, have a supermarket inside. It's just a large, commu- uh, a large community with land house. And the third one is the current project we're selling in Japan. It's called GC Overseas Market. So it's a, a local market stuff. I'm not sure if you have it in America. Well, we spoke before yeah. um, we're having this conversation. And the way I understand it, it's more like a, a local market. It, if you've been to Asia and you've seen it, it's it, everyone has small stalls. Yes. And, and it's individual business owners throughout the whole space, but it's big, right? I mean, how many, yes. how many spaces are being built in this mall? It's around 4,000 stalls. Wow. And then is the idea then that you rent them out or do you sell them to those businesses? Yeah, we are currently selling those stores to individuals. Okay. And now if somebody, let's say, uh, I know you, you definitely sell a Japanese, but for an American, can they go and buy one of these as like as a speculation or can they go and buy some of the houses or some of the other hotel properties, things like that? Mm, yeah, that's a, such a good question. Actually, Cambodia, like uh, foreigners couldn't own land, but except the line like uh, the second floor condo or second floor, those commercial stores. Yes. So you're not allowed to own actually the land, but, but in these special zones, these are like special zones for foreign direct investment, right? Yes. But if you think another way, actually, for even for local Cambodia people, if they purchase the second floor condo, second upper second floor commercial stores, they have the same right with foreigners. So it's the same. Do they have their own dollar or can you use U.S. dollar when yes, you buy? Yes, Cambodia is the only Asian country that use U.S. dollars. What's the story behind that? How, why do they use U.S. dollar? Do you know? Oh, it's because, in, you know, the uh, history in Cambodia, once they got a war and they don't trust the government anymore. So in that case, uh, people don't trust their currency anymore. Oh, so wow. they started using U.S. dollars since like 70 years ago, I think. Is that a concern for a foreign investor that the country doesn't trust their own money? Or does that, is that, does that give you more security if you're able to use U.S. currency? Yes, actually, it gives more confidence for local people and foreign investment if they use U.S. dollars. Who are like some of the people that you see there? I mean, are there... Like, from what countries are people coming from? Uh, for investment? Yeah, yeah. People oh, for investment yeah, yeah, yeah. in some of these cities in Cambodia. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, when I live in Cambodia, there are so many foreigners there where my mind, like they mainly from uh, uh, France, UK, uh, Japan, China, Korea, Philippines, Thailand, uh, India, yeah, as well. Yeah, mainly from those countries. And for investment, I saw so many Chinese, Japanese, Korean, and even the people surround Cambodia, like Vietnam and Thailand people. They all invest in Cambodia as well. And besides this, I actually know a few of my friends who are British and American. They invest in Cambodia as well. So I'm pretty happy to see that people, except Asian people, like even people from America and Europe, start to notice the good point of investment in Cambodia. I know you were saying earlier in the conversation that the people are very friendly and welcoming. And I assume that they welcome Americans, British, French people who are coming over. Yes, totally. What's it like, though? I mean, do you can you are there a lot of people who understand English? Do you or do you have to know what's their native language? Uh, their native language is called Khmer. Yes, but mainly people speak English, and they have so many international schools. Everyone speaks English well. And I think there is one more point because in Cambodia the average age is twenty five. It means there are mainly young wow. people, so they have a、uh, more time to learning, and they're、uh, interested to other countries' culture and language. So it makes their yeah. I see so many Cambodian people. They can speak like four languages. Like they speak Khmer, they speak English, Chinese, and Japanese. It just is so amazing. Do you see people who maybe were born in Cambodia and left and came back are coming back now because、yes. of what's going on? Yes, you are so right because、uh, we know their history. So during that war time, some people actually went to America and went to France. And now I see so many people who are late twenties and early thirties. They have a really successful business in America or in Europe. Then they see the opportunities in Cambodia, so they come back. That makes sense. I mean, I'd love to talk to the person who I had on my other show、uh, oh, about、yes. what, what her thoughts would be about going back. But I'm sure. I mean, there's a lot of upside. There's there's the connection to the to where you came from. I'm sure there's a lot of. Pain and anguish as well、uh, mm, yes. from, from what happened, but it's an interesting area to be in Southeast Asia because so much has happened there. But there's just so much opportunity there. Like I remember, I was I was in Thailand a couple of years ago, and I was hearing from the U.S. Embassy somebody who works there in in Thailand talking about the different projects that they're thinking about, maybe a railroad throughout Southeast Asia. Just to connect everybody, and that just hasn't happened because there had been so much conflict. But thankfully, it's been peaceful. I mean, there are flare-ups. Obviously, you have things going on in、uh, Myanmar, but it's not exactly. It's not right there. I mean, things happen. Have you seen a lot of the Japanese public wanting to invest and purchase? Have you had a lot of success in what you're doing? Yes, especially for Japanese, they want to keep U.S. dollars so much. Yeah. Yes, and、uh, because like、uh, the properties in America is、uh, pretty expensive in some way, so for the first time they would like to invest in Cambodia because the price is pretty low. Is now we're doing like around the fifty thousand U.S. dollars for a store, 
So it's really easy for them to purchase and to experience and to uh, have U.S. dollars at the same time. And uh, for the last year, it's actually pretty pain in the ass because uh, people <laughs> couldn't uh, go outside to see. They're always uh, wondering like how it's going on and uh, what's happening. But this, since this year, I realized that more and more investors in Japan they actually accept the fact that they couldn't go overseas. But in the same time, they it shouldn't be a answer. It shouldn't be a for a problem for them to stop investment overseas. So that's why we're actually selling pretty good for uh, since three months ago. I'm really happy to see it. What are some of the prices for like the houses that you're selling? The houses uh, is a uh, around. It depends on the location, but still, you can purchase a brand new house in Cambodia around the seventy thousand dollars. How big of a house is that? So if it's in the center center in Phnom Penh, it's probably a condo uh, around like twenty five square meters. Okay. It's, uh, we call it a one K in Japan, which means just a one room and with everything. So it's a studio. Yeah, it's a studio. And what if you're buying like a detached house in one of your developments? Oh, yeah. If it's well, how a big detached is that? house, is normally start from hundred square meters, like a, a three stores. And yes, if you spend seventy thousand dollars, you can still purchase a detached house, but it's like in a surround. Not in the center area. Okay, and a hundred square meters is about a thousand seventy-six square feet. Oh, is that right? Is that yeah. correct, Mike? Yeah. You're you're you teach math, so thank you, <laughs> thank you, Google. Also, <laughs> just so everyone can convert that in their heads. Yeah. So it's not. I mean, that's not that big. I mean, it's not that expensive. Yes. I imagine the returns on investment can also be higher because of. The upside, right? What's a typical return for an investor? Would you say? Yes. Uh, what we it depends on the project, but currently the GC real market we have the GRR plans. Uh, it gives a promised like eight percent like rental return for the uh, investors, and it is net. So it means the clients don't have to pay like management fee or anything happened during their rent and. Own this property for the housing. I think is uh, around sixty percent, but it depends. Sixty percent, sixty percent return on investment. Yeah, six. Wow, six percent. Oh, six percent. Okay, six percent. Sorry, sorry. I'm yes. like, uh, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope I have a sixteen. But actually, for the local market, uh, it depends on if you. Uh, Run it by yourself. It's probably gonna have a twelve percent return every year. Wow! But if let's say I were to buy an investment property there, you guys can manage everything, take care of it, handle it. I don't need to do really much, right? Yeah, you're right. Because in our group, we have a PM company, BM companies, and have agents as well. So whatever you want to do, we can do it for you. And and I imagine you have to have cash, or do you have lenders that, or do you self lend? Oh yeah, uh, yes. At a moment in Cambodia, is now allowed to get loan for foreigners. So mainly our investors purchase by cash, but you can pay it for around the two years and a half. So you don't have okay. to pay the whole price once. So it's pretty easy as well. Yeah. 
Uh, cash is king for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the things that you should be aware of if you're thinking about buying Cambodian real estate? I was in a presentation the other day learning about Central American real estate. Oh. And one thing that they were talking about was how there isn't hot water that goes to the secondary bathrooms. That's oh, just a typical wow. thing. That's something I would never know. But like, what's something in Cambodia? I mean, do you have utilities? Tell us about that. Uh, the only thing I shall say is probably about electricity, because in Cambodia, the electricity is really expensive. And sometimes they don't have the power, enough power for all of those new condos. So sometimes they will stop the electricity for a few minutes. Yeah, that's the only thing I can pop up in my head about it. And are, is the GCC working like for these new major developments? Are there utility components that are being built? Are there power plants being built nearby? Or Yes. For that case, we actually have our own engine in the building for each project. Just in case if there is a power stopped, we will just provide power by ourselves. Okay, so you have generators. That's yes. really important. And let's say somebody wants to retire uh, to go mm. to Cambodia. Is it a good place to go? I mean, what's the healthcare like? And, and even a little bit younger, what if you want to move there with family? Are the schools good? Yes, that's such a nice question. Because for GCC, we actually have an association uh, with uh, Cambodia government to take care of all the foreigners. So uh, if you come here with family, we can give you a package to set up uh, your visa for your whole family and also find the international school for your kids and open bank account for your family and find a nice house for them as well. So it's a whole package we can take care of it. And of course, if you want to come here for retired, there is a place called Sianukaville, Sianukaville, probably. It's the only place in Cambodia which is uh, has a have sea around. And now that place hasn't been fully developed. It means you can enjoy nature, the beauty, uh, the most beautiful beach and sea in Asia. And uh, uh, we're actually having a big project at the moment there. We're going to developing a golf play around nice. and casino as well. And a, ra uh, a place for racing horse. Wow. Yeah, so if you and uh, also they're all new, like uh, it's like a new town. So I think for after two years, it's gonna be really fun place, and also it's gonna be fun for retirement and for second house because if you go to that town, you can go, you can do everything from morning to night. If you want to find a require, uh, find a quieter place, you can go. If you want to find a really entertaining place at night, you can find it as well. So there's a lot to do. Yes, it's actually a really exciting project. Is it hard to get to, by the way? I mean, are there a lot of airports? And, and where would you fly if you're flying internationally into Cambodia? Yeah, mainly for me is uh, flying to Phnom Penh. And that's and the main city. The main city, yes. And I think there are so many travelers traveled outside to Cambodia to Angkor Wat. So it's at uh, Siem Up, okay. that city's place. Yes. And you're able to fly direct from Tokyo to... Yes, it's around the three hours, uh, seven hours of flight directly yeah. from Tokyo to Phnom Penh. 
No big deal. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just got to sleep. <laughs> well, when you consider what it would be to get from the U.S., <laughs> it's oh, nothing. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. How many hours is going to be from America? My guess would be somewhere around 22 to 24. Mike, Whoa. I, where where in the U.S. are you from and how long would you say it takes? Yeah, so I'm uh, originally from Cleveland, Ohio. So from the Midwest to Tokyo is about a 14-hour flight. So yeah, add another 622 is about right on the money. Yeah. God, it's uh, it's something else. <laughs> this is a lot easier just to talk like this over the internet for sure. But you lose a little bit. I mean, I got to tell you, I would love to come and travel and come to Japan and come to Cambodia and meet you guys in person. And I, I hope that happens one day. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Cambodia sounds like just so interesting. And it, I just, like I said at the beginning, like I, I love how you have lived so globally and been all... It really helps you to understand where the mindset of somebody coming from somewhere else to go and purchase in Cambodia. Um, and and what, another question, you know, with the, you say that the, the electricity sometimes goes out. You know, I can't say that doesn't happen in America too. Sometimes, like in California, there's been rolling blackouts and <laughs> it, really? stuff happens. But yeah, absolutely. You know, where is Cambodia investing in terms of infrastructure? Are they partnering a lot with China, or is there other foreign investment that's helping to to build out the infrastructure? Yes, actually, for all the news uh, people see, probably say, "Oh, only China is investing in Cambodia," but I, I'd say it's not right like uh, information, because I think Cambodia is the really smart on it because they got all the support from China, from Japan, from Korea, even from America. So it's rarely to see a country that you can have all the backups from overseas that much. Right. It's almost like everybody sees this opportunity and wants to be there and see it succeed. Yes, exactly. And I think actually because Cambodia, they use U.S. dollars, it helps them for that too. I'm sure it does. It has a lot of Western influence at that point. Yeah. Was Cambodia a colony of another country? Uh, yes. Spain, France, Japan. Originally, it was by France. How long was, was it a colony of France? Oh, I forgot the time, but it's pretty long because uh, even now, the France still gives some affections on Cambodia for their architecture, on their food, on their language as well. So actually, you can see there are so many uh, Cambodia people, they speak French because they are forced to learn France when they were young. And I imagine that was the same time that they held Vietnam as a yeah, colony. Yeah, Vietnam as well, yeah. And then Japan, did they have control over Cambodia during World War II? Is that one? Yes, but it's not a long time. Yes. It's interesting to see how all these different foreign powers, you know, come in and are still involved. Yes. And there can certainly be positive aspects to it. But obviously, there have been some some things that have been challenging over the years, but th there's opportunity. And I think that as as you're doing and you're showing to the world, there's a lot of opportunity in Cambodia that could be great, and it benefits the people there, and it benefits everybody globally. That's correct. Yes, I think it's really weird because even Cambodia people, they got all the back days to have those wars and they even be colony from other countries. 
But now if you go there and you tell them, oh, I'm actually French, I'm Japanese, they don't care about it at all. They will treat you so well. Because they're so young. Yes. <laughs> There's no memory of the past anymore. Yes. Maybe that's a good... Yes. But yeah, I have actually asked my friends, like, uh, like my Cambodia friends, how do you feel about it? They say, it's the past. Now we're a brand new country. We're just looking forward. So we don't care where you come from. We're just all friends for the whole world. Was, I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. That is cool. I think it's a perspective that you almost have to have. Yeah. If you live there and you've gone through the trauma and you have to see the future, mm. which I think is, is really, really important. The website that everybody should go to to learn more about the projects that uh, GCC is doing, that is gccjpn.com, right? Yes, correct. And you've got all your projects and everything there. There's a ton of great information there that I've seen. And you know, certainly if you're interested in Cambodia, uh, you could reach out to me, you could reach out to Agnes and definitely put you on that path for that dream. I want to ask you, I know you've lived in a lot of different places and you've seen a lot of places. Where do you want to go next? Once you can go, the <laughs> lockdown's oh. over, or where would you want to live? What would be an interesting place to you? Oh, yes. Oh, if I can go outside now, first I want to go back to Cambodia to see what's the changes now. And for living, yeah, I probably would like to live in Europe because that's the place I've never lived there for long. I only lived in London like when I was really young. So I want to see how it's going to be living in Europe for one year or something. And Mike, what, what do you, I mean, I imagine you've been around the world. I mean, you live in the US, now you're in Japan. What's your thoughts on interesting places to live in the world? Interesting places, at least for me, is if I don't need a car and, uh, you know, the train system is good and the, it's not too cold, the weather's okay, then I'm happy. Uh, honestly, I think we're both on the same page about going and, and visiting Europe. Uh, in the future. Yeah, that'd be great. And I just want to ask Agnes, what do you want to leave us with today? Pardon? <laughs> what should people know, like think about when they think of Cambodian oh, real estate? Oh, yes. So first, I hope people have a good impression about Cambodia, the whole country. And second, I hope people remind, will remember the people in Cambodia are really friendly. And third one is Cambodia is a good place for investment because they have already attracted all people around the world invested there. So the fourth point is that Cambodia is actually using U.S. dollars. So it's good for American. I think that's uh, an important point and I think we'll leave it there. But uh, I appreciate you both being on, on the show and being on The Real Estate Diplomat. I appreciate it. And uh, I would love to meet you both in real life, IRL, oh, <laughs> at yes. some point soon. Me and, too. Uh, yes. And I hope you have a great day. And thank you so much. <laughs>